Well, hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the editor of Woman Magazine. And I'm Ian McEwan, writer on TV and Satellite Week magazine and whatsawatch.com. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 30th of July 2021, including a lockdown outing for Amazon Prime's The Grand Tour and Disney Plus music documentary Summer of Soul about the forgotten Woodstock. And we'll also be talking about the return of Alan Davis as yet untitled to UK TV and saying cheers to Britbox documentary Sparkling, the story of champagne. I think I'll like that one very much. But first, Ian, what's in the news? Well, Sally Hawkins, the great Sally Hawkins, she will star alongside James Corden in Amazon Prime Video's six-part comedy drama Mammals which is a story exploring the intricacies of a marriage. What else is in the news, Hannah? Well, Pierce Brosnan, are you a fan? I certainly am. Um, The one-time 007, oh, he's so brilliant. I love him and everything he does, even though he can't sing in Mamma Mia. Did I say that out loud? Yes, I did. Um, The one-time 007 will feature in Netflix's action comedy, The Outlaw. Well, he'll never top Mrs Doubtfire. But there we go. So I would say it's a good week this week. I Three out of four of our choices, I would say I'm very keen on. The other one, not so much. But, oh, but we'll, I can't wait to find out what you don't like here. We'll get on to that. I'm going to kick us off. This is great. It's a music documentary on Disney+. Plus. It's called Summer of Soul. And here's a clip. Nobody ever heard of the Harlem Culture Festival. Nobody would believe it happened. Six weekends of major artists. The Panthers were the security and kids were sitting up on the trees. I was nervous. So, Hannah, I'm sure, despite your great youth, that you're nonetheless aware of the Woodstock Festival of the summer of 1969, which was a pivotal moment in popular music and the counterculture. However, the same summer, just 100 miles away, More than 300,000 people attended the Harlem Cultural Festival in New York, which was a free six-week concert series featuring the likes of Stevie Wonder, Gladys Knight and the Pips, Nina Simone, Sly and the Family Stone and B.B. King. Now, few people have heard of it and it was filmed, but no one's ever shown the footage until now because the director, Amir Questlove Thompson, has put it together for this fantastic music documentary which places the festival in the context of race relations and black consciousness and the changes that were going on in the black community at the time which is very interesting but most of all there's some rip-roaring musical performances I gotta tell you you see Stevie Wonder letting rip with a drum solo and and playing his sort of funky keyboard style that was going to become his trademark fantastic performance from Sly and the Family Stone Nina Simone really getting the crowd going. You've got Gladys Knight doing her really funky um, cover version of Heard It Through the Grapevine. There's some terrific gospel music as well. So, I mean, if you're a music fan, there's jazz, there's gospel, there's Motown, there's soul. Some people you will be familiar with, others you may not. I absolutely loved it. I mean, I love music documentaries anyway, but this this is an absolute corker. Uh, Is this one for you, Hannah? 
absolutely 100 I, I completely agree with you i love i love music documentaries and it doesn't really matter well it obviously does matter the type of music so it was terrible music we wouldn't love it but they don't tend to make documentaries about terrible music do they so we're all right um and it's absolutely what i love about it is like you say the kind of the Oh, there's a bit of singing in the background here as well. You can, that, that perhaps she's just, my daughter's just getting oh, into it. Nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I love about this, though, is a real celebration. It's such a celebration of all the different music and the fact that it wasn't able to be shown at the time, although it was filmed, no one wanted no one wanted to air it, which is, you know, I suppose a sign of the times, a very sad side of the, ti- sign mm. of the times. But I absolutely love gospel music. So for me, it's just it's just feel good, isn't it? It brightens absolutely everything. It's ab- it's, it's it's just brilliant. Really, yeah, highly recommend this one. Yeah, and there's a terrific rendition of "Oh Happy Day" by the Edwin Hawkins Singers, who are this brilliant gospel choir. Over on your favourite streaming platform, Amazon Prime Video, you're going to talk to us about the return of an <laughs> old favourite, Hannah. I absolutely love the Grand Tour, but it's the lockdown version. So whilst we were all kind of holed up at home, the three lads, uh, James May, the hamster and Jeremy Clarkson, weren't quite as locked down as us because they were in Scotland, um, but driving some pretty old classic American cars. Now, let's listen to a clip because it's pretty good. We're entering McScotland. That is a bit bum-squeaky there, Clarkson. Oh, my God! Mine's boiling! Oh, shit! Stand back! <clears throat> Driving this, I feel like Elvis Presley. What, dead on the lavatory? So, originally, this was due to be set in Russia, but obviously COVID kind of stopped everything, didn't it, really? It stopped all our lives in its tracks, and, uh, and they had to kind of find something different to do. So this special finds them and they take uh, finds them in Scotland and they take three vintage 1970s American cars um, for a road trip. And, you know, it it has the it feels like you're coming home with something like this. It's absolutely you know what you're getting. It does what it says on the tin. There's the usual banter. There's the prank playing between the three of them who are clearly very good friends. There's this one scene where they sort of build this bridge into the water and it's, you know, very makeshift kind of floating bridge, shall we say. And um, James May drives onto it and gets stuck. And uh, don't worry, because Jeremy Clarkson brings up the rear. (laughs) And it's just, it's the usual classic um, situation with all of them. And then, of course, it it was literally at the height of lockdown when they couldn't stay anywhere. It was when hotels were shut, where you weren't allowed to house anybody else. So you see that kind of uh, thing panning out as well, because they've got airstreams they have to stay in. The the airstreams aren't quite as um, lovely and luxurious as they might have expected in the, in in the when the world was spinning on its correct axes. So yeah, it, I, I know Ian, you're you're a fan of of these, and I know you're a fan of um, of, of Jeremy Clarkson and uh, generally, but he. It just works, doesn't it? This trio just works. And even when you throw potentially the worst weather at them in Scotland, um, it just it just it just works. Yeah, it is my guilty pleasure, I must admit. And as you say, the chemistry between the three is terrific. And it's an interesting question they're posing because obviously I grew up 
watching TV shows that featured these these Cadillacs, these Lincolns, these Buicks. And when we had a pretty, frankly, quite rubbish cars in the UK, why weren't Europeans buying these these incredibly glamorous-looking American motors? So that's kind of the premise mm. of it. But, of course, there's the usual hijinks. Uh, there are some in, quite amusing jokes at the expense of a certain Mr. Dominic Cummings, which I very much enjoyed. <laughs> and it's... Yeah, Clarkson, that's, that, that, I'd agree. That is very enjoyable. Clarkson's described it as the Grand Tour unplugged because it is is back to basics. Like last time, they were in Madagascar, weren't they? Which is an incredible outing. But here, they're just mm. driving up to Scotland, and um, the, the simple pleasures such as watching Clarkson trying to negotiate this huge Lincoln Continental through narrow cobbled streets in Edinburgh is very amusing. So yeah, I mean, if you like the Grand Tour. I think this is a really good one. You you will absolutely love it. And I think, like you say, it's back to basics. And I think that he said that they had to um, they had to work their socks off to make it work because it was so um, simple. If you like, there was no kind of um, great backdrop or anything. If you like, well, their Scotland's very beautiful. I'm not saying that, but you know, no kind of um, it wasn't an expensive like you say. They were in Madagascar before. Uh, it, it was just very very simplistic, and I think that they had to work quite hard, but. I think they probably think they have to work harder than they actually do because they're just quite fun to watch. And seeing him drive or them drive down those very, very narrow streets is probably the answer to your original question, which is why they didn't take off in other countries. They're just massive. <laughs> and the good news is that, there, yes, there is some serious caravan abuse in this one. <laughs> Over on Dave and therefore, of course, UK TV Play, it's the return of Alan Davis as yet untitled, and here is a clip. Alan Davis returns today with a brand new series. This is as yet untitled. This can't possibly be happening. Our only objective <laughs> is to find a title for the show before the end of the hour. Well, this isn't adding up. <laughs> yeah. The new series of Alan Davis as yet untitled starts Tuesday the 27th of July on Dave. So this is the sixth series of this show, um... So if you haven't seen it yet, uh, you can catch up with it on UK TV Play. It's hosted by QI regular Alan Davis, who's one of my favourites. And the idea of it is a group of comedians meet up for a chat round a table that could go anywhere. Uh, Alan just kicks it off by saying a couple of interesting facts about each one, which gets the conversation started. And supposedly by the end they come up with a suggested name for his as yet untitled show as i say i'm a big davis fan and i think he is he's a perfect host for that because he's there really just to keep things moving along he'll interject occasionally himself as well they always have good lineups on this so in this run well they've got harry hill Dara O'Brien is in the first episode which I watched and he tells a very amusing anecdote about when he was mis someone mistook him for a gay Irish celebrity uh, so that's a very funny story Richard Iowardi, Joe Lysett Sarah Pascoe Jason Manford, you name them they've either appeared on or are going to appear on as yet untitled. One of my little bugbears especially on chat shows, is when comedians come on and you can tell they're just doing a section from their stand-up routine. 
that's a no-no for me. So what I quite like about this one is it, it can go anywhere, really, but it, it's, it's slightly more unusual stories of things that have happened to them in real life. So, yeah, I'm a fan. I do like Davis. And, of course, he wrote that great memoir in which he explained all these terrible things that had happened to him when he was a kid. So, yeah, that just only made me admire him even more, despite the fact, Hannah, that he is an Arsenal fan. Now, are you? Uh, is this the sort of thing you might... This is the sort of thing you might enjoy watching. Controversially, oh. I don't like it. I, I it's okay. not for me. Um, I, I, I don't find this is this is terrible. I, I don't find him particularly funny, and I don't find Zara Breen particularly funny, and I don't oh. find Harry Hill particularly funny. What? Yeah, I'm sorry. I just don't. I just what don't. What are the chances of that happening? <laughs> so I'm really sorry. For me, it's just. It's like white noise. I can't. I just. It, I can't interact with it. I can't engage with it. I try. I feel like I'm missing out. I feel like I'm missing a trick, and I keep trying with it. But it's just not. It. it just, I think with comedy, it. There are sort of the, the, there are those comedians that, I don't know, capture a, a wider audience, and I. And I'm not sure some of the people. Some, although the people are, I'm sure, brilliantly funny. I don't think they're brilliantly funny to everybody. Certainly not me. <sighs> I've said it out loud. I'll tell you what you will like. The fact that Alan Davis presents Dog Rescuers on Channel 5. And during lockdown, he's finally got a dog. Got a lot of pandemic puppy, has he? <laughs> yes. <yeah>. Okay, well, <laughs> we've, got, we've got one more programme to look at over on BritBox. Sparkling, the story of champagne, Hannah. What can you tell me about that? I fear this might be the one you're about to say you don't like. Now, I am so I am so shallow that I like it because I. Do you know I came to champagne quite late in my life. Um, I didn't used to like it at all, but now I really quite like it. Although I'm quite a cheap date because I take a bottle of prosecco. That would also work for me. Um, But it's used to be baby sham with you, wasn't it? You (laughs) were a baby sham girl. Yeah, exactly. Um, It's 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 a bit much. It's incredibly indulgent. I would say um, something like this because it's uh, if you're not interested in champagne would this interest you and it's basically described as a love letter to champagne it's saying it's the most amazing drink ever to exist and it explores the I suppose its origins and the fact that it's a celebratory drink and it kind of it's I, I I don't know. It talks about all. They interviews um, celebrities. It talks about people like Marilyn Monroe. She, you know, she's fa- she's famous for a quote about going to bed with Chanel Number no. Five and then waking up and having a glass of champagne. And and one person is quoted as saying that his mother uh, drank champagne every day, either for lunch or for dinner. Like I say, it's incredibly indulgent. It's incredibly entitled. But I suppose the underlying thing, is shock horror is that they actually address the impact of climate change. So even if you're not interested in climate change, it's causing a problem because it's becoming too hot, um, which is causing an issue for, you know, French champagne houses. So, you know, if it's <laughs> if you weren't worried before, but you're a champagne drinker, it's time to worry. <laughs> um, and also the film has um, exclusive access to the Queen's Vineyard at Windsor. So... For me, it's very light. It's very, it's a snapshot into something. But again, it's incredibly indulgent. I'm not sure it's something that everybody's going to absolutely love. And it's certainly, I would say, quite niche. Do you agree? My main problem with it was, so it starts off talking about the famous French champagne houses such as Pommery and Tassinger. And I did learn some quite interesting things. 
about them. And, and for instance, one of them has a very strong link to Winston Churchill. I started off thinking, well, it's kind of playing out a bit like an advert for all these brands. But I thought, well, I'll, I'll stay with it. Then, of course, Champagne is so called because it comes from the Champagne region in France. And this is supposedly mm. the story of Champagne. Then, about halfway through, we go into this, what's basically an extended advertisement for producers of British sparkling wine who just keep going on about how many awards they won. I just couldn't believe what I was watching. So the title is a misnomer. But, I mean, if you like champagne, you will find it interesting. I, I, I do like champagne, but I think it's horrifically overpriced. <laughs> but that's exactly it, though, isn't it? It's, it is indulgent. I mean, like you say, there are people there basically yeah. bragging about their own bottles of sparkling wine. I mean, like, it is absolutely indulgent. I imagine you living very much the champagne lifestyle, Hannah. That's the impression I have of you. Did you know that Jay-Z... Jay-Z is associated with Verve Clicquot. I was slightly confused. They, as you say, they talk about Marilyn Monroe, her favourite champagne. They talk about 007 in relation to Bollinger, but I thought he always ordered a vintage Dom Perignon. Well, this would normally be the time, Hannah, when uh, I would ask you what you've been binge-watching, but bad news for you, guess who's going to get in there first, because I spoke to him recently about the return of his series... None other than Mr. Alan Davis. This is what he's been watching. I really like um, Spiral, the French series. On, oh, yeah. On BBC Four. It's, I'm on season six of that. I've watched every episode. I watched every episode of a series called Justified. Um, oh, right, with Walton yeah. Goggins in. That's a brilliant series. And uh, we interviewed, I interviewed Walton Goggins for the podcast recently, and that was a treat. Oh, okay. And uh, we also, at the moment, just this, right now, we're, we're getting through Mayor of East Town. Um, yeah, that's great. A very dark and grim cop show with Kate Winslet. Yeah. And I, it's a really, well, I, I mean, I'm not telling you anything that everyone doesn't know. She's a really good actress. <laughs> you know? So, um, uh, there's been some good stuff on. OK, we've heard from Alan. <laughs> Anna, follow that. Follow that if you can. What have you been watching? <laughs> follow that. I can't. can't. I can't. And I feel <laughs> suitably embarrassed that I that I didn't that I didn't like his, uh, his programme, so I should probably stay quiet. No, I'm watching Miranda, who I think is a lot funnier. Bear with. There's like, there's tumbleweed there, isn't there? Absolute No, I love Miranda. I love Miranda. It's fantastic. <laughs> I know you I do. Miranda. I know you do. But she's a more of a broader audience, perhaps. I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I've been watching Miranda just because it's been a busy week and she makes me laugh. And also um, because I like to have uh, sort of mind-numbingly stuff to uh, numbing stuff to watch sometimes, I had to look at Tamara's World. Now, Tamara's World, uh, Bernie Eccleston's daughter, Tamara, um, we talked about indulgent with that um, champagne documentary. I imagine she's the type of person that wakes up to a glass of champagne served to her by the bed. I mean, she's just this mega rich world. Just looking in on it, I find absolutely fascinating. I have been watching on BBC Three and iPlayer. Have you seen that documentary, High, which is about the girls who went to Ibiza and ended up in prison because she tried to smuggle a vast amount of cocaine 
back into Spain from Peru. Now, we're nearly out of time because I've been rabbiting on, um, but we're going to look ahead to what's coming up next week. So what's on the agenda? Brenda. <laughs> well, Inception star John Gordon-Levitt plays a very stressed out teacher searching for the meaning in his life aren't we all in apple tv's mr corman <laughs> which is very good i must say i've watched a bit of that and over on amazon prime a popular high school student suddenly vanishes in the gripping psychological thriller cruel summer so we look forward to those but in the meantime Jeez.